We are North Rock Church, where we exist to see lives redefined by being filled with life in Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. The series that we've been in leading up to Legacy is called Living Large, and it's based on the idea that Jesus came to give us abundant life. In fact, in his own words, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly, that you have abundant, like, like overflowing life, like large life. And a lot of people aren't living a large life. They're living a limited life, limited as it relates to uh, freedom, limited as it relates to hope, limited as it relates to resources, limited as it relates to contentment and and peace. And God didn't come to give you a limited life. He came to give you a large life. So week one, we talked about how he is our source. This is not our source. This is not our source. Our source is him. And, and last week, we talked about how, um, how to kind of tap into God's multiplied, abundant blessings. Today, on this legacy weekend, before we, before we dive off into that sacred moment and give, I want to share briefly with you how God gives to us, how he gives to us, because God is a giver. In fact, the scriptures, cover to cover, point to the generosity of God. Jesus himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Like he said, you're going to be happier if you are a giver than if you are a getter. And we enjoy getting stuff. I mean, let's don't lie. I enjoy getting stuff. But there's nothing like whenever we are able to give. And it's because we were made in the image of God. We are an image bearer. And so this DNA is in us. In fact, the most memorized scripture in the Bible John chapter 3, verse 16, if we were to take a poll as to what verses people have, have memorized, many people would, this would be the one that they would recall. Um, and even if you've not been around church, you've likely heard this or some version of this passage. And it simply says this, for God so loved the world that he gave. See, you know, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Before you even knew that you needed a savior, God was giving. Before you drew your first breath, God had already made the first move. And he had given his son. God is a giver. And the Bible points to that generosity. I want to read Ephesians chapter 1. And then I want to point three quick expressions as to how as to how God gives to us, but Ephesians chapter 1, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus in the New Testament of your Bible, and verse 4 says, even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us. I don't want to pass over that too quickly, because I think that someone needs to hear that today, someone in Midtown, someone in Bilverde, someone at Stone Oak, even before God made the world, he loved you, and he chose you. So if you sit in the building today feeling like nobody loves you or that 
Nobody has chosen you. Maybe you've been passed over for the promotion or passed over for the date or passed over for the team or maybe you felt chosen and then whoever you felt like had chosen you, they chose someone else and now you just feel like you were broken and wasted. I want you to hear That God says, and I want to declare this over you, God loves you and he has chosen you just like you are. He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. In fact, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. Like a a significant price paid for our freedom. He purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. And he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Out of this passage in Ephesians, I want to share three unique expressions as to how God gives to us. And the first one is in verse number five. And it says that God decided in advance to adopt us. And then at the end of the verse, it says, this is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. Great pleasure. So the first thing that I want to share with you today as to how God gives to us is that God gives cheerfully. If you take a note, you can write that down. God gives cheerfully. Like he loves to give to us. He does not give tearfully. He gives cheerfully. He does not give begrudgingly. He does not give fearfully. He does not give with expectation like you better or else. He actually gives Cheerfully, He wants to extend grace to us. The scripture says this is what he wanted to do. He wants to be your source. He wants to bless your life. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your finances. He wants to bless your career. He gives cheerfully to us. I enjoy I enjoy giving. I enjoy giving to my family. I I love it when Alicia says that she wants something because it's it can tend to be difficult to buy things for people, at least certain people, at least in my household um, in 2022. So when you hear them say, "Ooh, that's kind of cool. I'd like that." I always log it away. So husbands, this is just a little life hack. Yo, if if she says, oh, that's pretty. I'd like one of those. Log it away. I mean, just, you may not be able to make it happen. I mean, if there, it's a Lamborghini. I mean, it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, I'm going to get you, you know, I'm going to get you a Toyota instead. Um, But... But log it away because when she says that, I'm like, I'm trying. Can I figure out how to buy that? Can I afford that? Can we pull that off? How can I get that here by our next birth, but you know, by her birthday or by Christmas or you know, whatever? And whenever I do buy her something, I don't know about you, um, but it's so hard for me not to give it to her early. Like, like if it's before her birthday and I get it in like two or three weeks, like it's worst case scenario because you know I'm walking into where I've got it hidden. Like I'm like, it's just right there. I could give it to her. Oh, I could give it to her. Oh, I think ooh, be, it would be so great. She could wear it to this event or she could, you know, she could have it for this moment. And so I want to give it to her. So it's pure discipline. 
because I want to give it to her. It's pure discipline not to give it to her. And sometimes the discipline wins, and sometimes it doesn't. There have been times I'm like, I just got to give this to you now. I just can't. Because I want to give it to her. And there's never been a time whenever I've had a gift for Alicia and I gave it to her that I thought afterwards, I'm so glad that's over. I'm just glad it's over. Never a moment. Whenever I've got a gift to give to her, have I thought, I'm so glad that's over. And, and I also don't give her a gift and then be like, all right, now, you better have me a gift in return. It's not, I don't think that way. If you're a parent, you understand. You, we love buying gifts for our kids. And a lot of times when we're buying gifts for our kids, we enjoy buying the gift more than the kid. Right? Like we get them a new bicycle and we're more excited about them riding the bicycle. They're like, I'm scared to ride it. Come on, we're going to ride it. We're more excited about it than they are. Years ago, when Mason was little, when, when Tony Romo became the quarterback of the Cowboys, like the first year, and and uh, like he became the superstar overnight, and it's kind of hard to believe, but there was one December that number nine jersey for the Cowboys was the hottest jersey in the NFL. You could not get your hands. I know it's hard to believe, but it was. It's it, it's <laughs> you could not get your hands on that jersey. I mean, he was going to be the guy that was going to take us to the promised land. Not so much, but anyway. Now there's a new one, um, and I do believe in him. But anyway, but, but, but you couldn't get your hands on that jersey. I worked so hard to get my hands on that, that, that Romo jersey. I worked, and I worked, and I worked. I called. I visited stores. I called. We got a shipment coming in. I go in it. They're all gone, and I, I worked, finally got my hands on a jersey. Paid way too much for it. But when I gave Mason that jersey, he didn't know what I'd gone through to give him that jersey. And I promise you, I was more excited about it than he was. He's like, oh, this is cool. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like giddy about having that jersey for him. Listen to me. God gives gifts to us cheerfully. I'm telling you, he's more excited about the gifts that he has for you than you are to receive it many, many times. God does not give tearfully. God gives cheerfully to us. Cheerfully. And because we are made in the image of God and we are his image bearers, it's in us to be, to be cheerful whenever we give. Like the reason that we innately want to give is because we are made in the image of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves. There it is, a cheerful giver. He loves it because when we give cheerfully, we reflect him to the world. Second expression as to how God gives out of this passage is found in verse number six. And it says, So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us. He's poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. The second way that God gives to us is that He gives generously. God gives generously. Like the scripture says, He's lavished this. this uh, this, these gifts on us. He pours them out. He gives excessively and with abundance. He doesn't just give us a little grace. He doesn't just give us a little mercy. You know, the scripture says those mercies are new every single morning. He gives us multiplied mercy, multiplied grace, more grace than my sin even requires because the scripture says that where sin abounds, grace does much much more, not just, in, not just enough grace, but way more grace than we actually need. Excessive, excessive, and, and with abundance, God pours blessings out on us. He's not a reluctant giver. He's not a, eh, just, 
I'll just give him. No, no, he's a, he's a generous giver. You ever opened a bag of chips? Maybe on a road trip or something and you stop at a gas station, get you a big gulp and you got your big gulp and you got your, you got your bag of chips, whatever it is that you, know, you prefer, uh, you know, some, 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 some nacho Doritos or some, you know, some barbecue Lay's chips or something and you're so excited, you get back on the road and you're driving and, you got to, and then I'm going to pop my bag open, it's a big old full bag of chips and you go, you pop the bag open and whoosh, all this air comes out of the bag and you're like, where, where, where are the chips? Where where are the chips down in the bag? And down at the very bottom, there's a layer of chips about, about this much out of a bag that's about this big. And, and, you're, and, and you're thinking, what, what's that? And you look closely at the, at the bag, and it says, items sometimes settle during shipping. And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> nothing, sh- nothing settles that much. <laughs> nothing settles. Y'all, y'all just gave a big bag with a tiny, with a, with a handful of chips in it. That's not how God gives. The other day, I, I stopped at Chick-fil-A, and I love Chick-fil-A. I'm all about that Christian chicken. You know what I'm saying? I want to be, a, I wanna be a, a, a better follower of Christ. I want to be saved. I want to get closer to God. I want to be holier. And so I think if I eat enough Chick-fil-A, you know, I can just... That's not how it works, okay? We don't preach that. But I do, I do like Chick-fil-A, and I like it for different reasons. One reason is because you can, you can get 12 nuggets, 12 nuggets... Uh, 360 calories. So if you're counting calories, I'm just telling you, 12 nuggets, 360 calories, and that's the, that's the fried ones too. That's not the grilled ones. There's less on the grilled ones, but I, I want the fried ones. And, and, and then you get a little pack of barbecue sauce, that's 45 calories. So for, for 405 calories, you can have a nice little, that's little, but you can have a nice little snack, little lunch. And, and so I had had some Chick-fil-A earlier in the week. I'd had the nuggets, and when I opened them, they were just piling out of there. It was like, awesome, this is awesome. And then later in the week, a couple of weeks ago, we had a late night event, and we had, to, we had not had supper, and so I ran through Chick-fil-A. I was just going to get a little tiny pack of nuggets, because I know it's 360 calories. And on this day, it was quite less than 360 calories, I'll tell you that. Because when I opened it, I was like, where, where are all the nuggets? Where are the nuggets down in this? I mean, this box is pretty tiny, so if I can't, if they're not just, you know, trying to roll off the edge, then, then them some tiny nuggets. But what it was, it was the end of the day. And y'all know how, like, when you eat a bag of chips, all the crumbs settle at the bottom? Well, apparently at Chick-fil-A, by the end of the day, all the little tiny crumb-like nuggets are down at the bottom, and that's what they had to pick from. So they counted 12 of them out, all right, and put it in my thing, but there's wasn't 12 tiny little bites. Um, but I still love Chick-fil-A. I'll still go back. You know, they love Jesus and whatnot. Not going today. Not going today. Don't pull in there today. They closed on Sunday. They don't, don't, don't go today. Some of y'all are like, ooh, that sounds good. You're going to be so disappointed here in about an hour. But, but this is not how God gives to us. He gives supersized blessings, overflowing blessing. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 says, God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. Plenty like overflowing blessing, plenty left over to share with others. God is a giver. He is a generous giver. And we've been made in the image of God. That's why when we see generosity, when we witness it firsthand, like it moves us. We're, we're affected by it. Wow. We just see something and we like, that, that's just right. Like you come across a TikTok dude who's like giving $1,000 tips to waiters and waitresses or something, and, 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 and the waiter comes to him and says, I think you made a mistake, sir. And he's like, no, I made a mistake. That's for you. And they're like, <laughs> and, and we look at those videos, and we're like, <laughs> because we just know this is right. 
Like it's, he, he put, we have this innate desire. We have this innate capacity for generosity that God put in us. My mother was a generous person. And I was thinking the other day about all the people I saw her be generous to in our life. And guess what? We didn't have much of anything. We, we had barely enough ourselves. But my mother was a woman of generosity and she gave, she gave to she gave to uh, the church, of course, but she gave over and, and above that. She just found people to be generous to. There was a little uh, mentally challenged girl who had to live in a home, and she really didn't have a family. And I don't even know how my mother met her, but at some point in our past, my mother had met her. Her name was Cookie, or that's what we called her. And, and my mother would go see her at the home that she lived in all throughout the year on special days like birthdays and Christmas and, and Thanksgiving. She would always take her gifts. Cookie would just sit there and she would be so excited as my mom would bring her gifts and would bring her candy and whatnot. And, and there was, I remember other people that, that my mom would stop and pick up on the way to church. When I was growing up, we almost never showed up to church alone. There was always somebody that mom was picking up to, to help get them to church because they didn't have a car. They didn't have a way to get to church. And I can remember a few of those, how she would just kind of take them in and, and love on them and buy them special gifts and and invite them to come and have meals with us. Sometimes we think that we have to have a lot to really be generous. But I don't want you to buy into that lie. The lie that, that tells you, once I get a lot, then I'll really be able to be generous. Actually, Jesus said it doesn't really work that way. In fact, in Luke, he said, if you're not faithful with a little, you won't be faithful with much. So I saw my mother be faithful with a little. Generosity is a state of mind more than it is a state of money. Generosity is about how you live and how you think. Jesus gave cheerfully. Jesus gave with generosity. And the third expression of how God gives from this passage is verse 7. He is so rich in kindness, so rich in grace that he purchased our freedom with a, I mean, a significant price, with the blood of his son. And he forgave our sins. Third way that God gives to us is sacrificially. God gives sacrificially. Like he demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. I mean, y'all, he gave all. I love you, but I'm not looking to die for you at least not today. Jesus came and paid the ultimate price so that we could have freedom. He gave it all. While we were still sinners, Paul said, Christ died. He didn't just die for the people that are pretty good people all around. He didn't just die for the people that seem to be on a good track. You know, They seem to be progressing well in their life. I think they're going to be okay. I think, I'll, I think those are the people I'll die for. No, no. He died for every one of us. For the ungodly, while you were still broken, while you were still messed up, while you were still dealing with fear and unforgiveness and bitterness and addiction and chemical dependency and, and unhealthy relationships, God said, I love that person. I'm choosing that person. And I'm going to pay the ultimate price. He gave sacrificially the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Now, when we think about how God has given for us, 
What does our response to that look like? What, what must my response be when I consider all that Jesus has given for me? Is it for me to just give a little bit? Is it for me to say, all right, God, you can have my heart, but you can't have my relationships. God, I'll give you my marriage, but I'm not going to give you my hobbies that are unhealthy. And I'm not going to give you everything. God, you can, I'll come to church you know, once a month, but as it relates to my career, that's me. That's on me. I'm not going to surrender that to you. Or do we look at the sacrificial generosity of our Savior? And we say, all right, God, you've given me everything. I'm going to give you everything. Because some of us have some little corners. We have some kind of closets in our heart that we're still hanging on to. And God is saying, if you would just release that to me today. What you have has the potential to multiply. We talked about this last week. What you have has the potential to multiply, but you won't see that until you give that. We have to give him every facet, every dimension, every arena of our life, our dating life, our our college choice, our career decisions, our, our talent, our finances. We give it all to him. That's our only response. That's the only response to a God that gave so sacrificially to us. All over the building at every location, would you close your eyes and let me pray for you today. I know that there are people in the room at every location and watching online who are not in a relationship with Jesus. I want to encourage you to give to give your heart to Jesus. He gave his life so that you could have freedom. And if you sit here today without freedom, he's got the freedom that you need, but it's on the other side of the of obedience. Of you saying, "All right, Jesus, I'm surrendering everything to you." And there's freedom there. On the other side of you surrendering your life to Jesus is purpose. On the other side of surrendering your life to Jesus is this abundant life that I've been talking about. On the other side of giving your life to Jesus is a fresh start. I know that there are people who have fresh start, who who the idea of living in freedom, the idea of being a new person, that sounds really, really appealing to you. Because you don't feel so good about who you are and what you've become. Well, you've come to the perfect place because there is a Savior who died to make you new. And all you have to do is open your heart and let him in. So I'm going to give you a chance to surrender your life to Jesus today at every location with nobody looking around, with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you would say, Jonathan, I need a fresh start in my life. I do need some freedom in my life. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you need to re-surrender your life to Jesus. Either way, this moment is for you. If you want to be included in this prayer of surrender, this fresh start moment, will you throw a hand in the air right now? Let me see it. Come on. Nobody's looking around. Hands in the air. Let me see them. Hold them high and leave them there. I want to see every hand way back here, down here. Hold them high. Come on, Midtown. Come on, Boverde. Hold them up. Hold them up. Hold them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
online, you know who you are. That's incredible, guys. Hands all over the building. Yes, yes, yes. All right, you can put your hands down now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer of surrender. I invite everyone to pray this prayer along with me in your own words. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. On this amazing Legacy Weekend 2022, I'm making a fresh start of following you. I'm inviting you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I repent today, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Make my life clean like only you can, Lord. I believe in you. I believe you gave your life for me and that you rose from the grave. And today, this first November weekend of 2022, I'm making a fresh start. I'm making you the Lord of my life. I'm putting you in the middle of my life. I'm surrendering everything to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, at every location, a big hand for everybody who just took that step of faith. Yeah.